Final candidate, Al Gore. Two thumbs up? I think, you know, he was considering running. I heard the rumor that, you know, he cleared his schedule for the next six to eight months. Uh, well, yeah, but he wants to sit on the beach drinking boat drinks. Drinking or or boat bailing drinks the kid out of jail. Uh, well, uh, getting his son out of jail. You know what? I'm not going to pick on his son. Because if Al Gore was my dad, I'd be high, too, all the time. And how uncool is it to be that rich and then be forced to drive a Prius? Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 85 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today joins us from Peoria, Illinois. Art Lindsay, welcome to You Are the Guest. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Art, would you tell our listeners about yourself? Uh, that's a good question because, you know, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Actually, I'm more, I'm just kind of an Internet monkey. I, I'm really big into Internet media. I'm a blogger. Uh, I have my own website. I work with an Internet radio station called uh, rentradio.com out of Vancouver, and I do a, a, a podcast with a friend of mine who lives in Texas about politics and, and uh, technology. It's called Rizward's Daily Politics and Tech. I've... Uh, I've worked for a lot of electronics companies, uh, do a lot of tech support, uh, build computers for people on the side. I'm just, I'm kind of a, a te- technology and media junkie, really, to tell you the truth. And we had Mark on a past show on your The Guest. How did you guys get hooked up? How did you meet Mark? That's, uh, that's when I was, uh, I, I do less for Rant Radio now than, than I used to because Rant Radio doesn't pay, but... I, I am I am the program director over there, and it's my job to hire talk shows and whatnot. And Mark was doing a show with a friend of his named Daryl called the Mark and Daryl Show. And I, I constantly, to this day, I still get to, and I hire new shows. They send they solicit me for airtime, and uh, that's how I met Mark. He solicited me for airtime, and he kind of brought the old radio uh, stance or style into internet radio. He actually did a four hour show. Wow. You never hear about that. No. On the radio. He did a, a four-hour show, and Mark, on his own, is good enough to carry a four-hour four hour radio show. He's got the voice much more so than I do, and, uh, you know, that's kind of how I met Mark, and Mark would have to carry the whole show on his own, more or less, because his partner, Daryl, would do nothing. Uh, and eventually, Daryl just sort of evaporated out of the picture, and just from talking with Mark, you know, the way Mark is, the way he carries himself... He was somebody I knew I wanted to work with, and uh, kind of from that point on, it's kind of been Mark and I kind of doing our thing. So that's kind of how that happened. Politically speaking, I know that you listen to a lot of talk radio. You're kind of a talk show radio junkie, right? I listen to way too much. I, I, uh, I don't. I'll clarify. I don't listen to it actually on the radio. I listen to all the the, the podcasts, and stuff. Uh, some of them you have to pay for, some of them you don't. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who will spend like 30 bucks, 20 to 30 bucks a month on an HBO. I will pay for it just to listen to talk radio without the commercials. 
I will listen to as much. After you cut the commercial out of a talk radio show, it's about two hours. I will listen to as much, while I'm doing other things, of course, to as much as like 10 hours of talk radio a day. So after all of that listening, politically speaking, what's the vibe across the country? Well, I mean, it's, I think I... You know, I, I only listen to the uh, to the right wing side of talk radio, and I mean that sort of answers the question. When you look at the numbers of talk radio itself, uh, the the only talk shows that do any that do any uh, do any good or do any you know put a hole in the listener base or grab a large portion of it is the conserva- conservative radio. Something like nine of the top ten uh, radio shows in America are con- is a. Uh, conservative radio so regardless of what like you know the television may tell you you know which leans to the left i think america as a whole uh leans more not all far right but more to the right of center than the than it does to the left uh because uh talk radio uh the, the talk shows reach a far larger audience than your evening newscast does uh rush limbaugh reaches tens of millions of people you know in a given week and and, uh, you know, CBS News doesn't do that. Well, why, do, why do you think it is that the left can't succeed on radio? The, the left doesn't succeed on radio for, for two reasons. Uh, the left got into radio, uh, specifically that of Air America, because they're interested in, uh, in influencing elections. They're, uh, they're, they're like a big 527 group. They're not, they don't run it like a business. They're, they're, they can't sell advertising. Uh, it it gotten so bad, it gotten to the point where they were taking donations like a uh, public television station would. And the reason they... But NPR itself is way to the left. Yeah, uh, but it's also national public radio. It gets, it, it, it gets some subsidy. But when you're actually, when you're trying to compete with, uh, you know, traditional radio, you have to sell ads. And, uh, you know... Um, like Air America is extremely negative. Uh, it, it's all based on you know America's the problem, President Bush sucks, uh, blah blah blah, and you can only listen to that for so long. Um, and it, it's a misnomer that conservative radio is is in the pocket of the Republican Party and the Bush administration. That's not true. If if you listen to it for any length of time, especially now. Uh, those, including myself, on the smaller end of the spectrum, are quite apt to throw the Republican Party and President Bush under the bus. Uh, it, it's, it's just a more, it's a more positive medium on the, on the right-hand side. If you listen to Rush Limbaugh, you can tell when you listen to him, he's a man that loves his job. You can tell he's having fun when he goes to work. Uh, he's not there, you know, trying to influence an election, although he can, and that's the beauty of it. He can do it, but he's not trying to, to do it. Uh, he educates and he has fun as he's working, and it, it rubs off. And he's positive, and and that's why it works. Uh, on on the left, though, they can't seem to grasp that. Uh, they call you know they're pushing for the fairness doctrine. Uh, they call the fact that they don't they they're claiming that they don't have a venue, and it's quote unquote a market failure. Uh, market failure doesn't exist. The market powers it, it powers itself. Well, well, especially not anymore, because the Fairness Doctrine was built in an area where people didn't have access to create their own media. But the Internet leveled that playing field. Exactly. It it did, and that's kind of the point. The the playing field is very level. They just don't understand that people aren't listening to them because they don't want to. 
you know, and you can go and you can look in Talkers Magazine, and I have some access to that. And and you can see, as I said, you know, eight or nine of the top ten shows are conservatives, and that's by choice because people don't listen to stuff that they don't want to listen to. I mean, if there's something you don't want to listen to, you just turn it off. And I had that same conversation with somebody about minority-owned stations, radio and TV stations, and their their argument was that if we had more minorities owning radio and television stations, that there would be more diversity on television. That's not true. And I said, well, that will be the case, but the audience still may choose to watch Wheel of Fortune instead. That's true. It, It doesn't matter, you know... What you put on, it could be right or left. And, you know, if somebody doesn't want to listen to it or watch it, they won't. Right. They'll still but, choose to watch American Idol. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who's putting it out. It matters what's getting put out there. And the market makes its choice. I forget who it was that said it, but, you know, I mentioned market failure. And when I heard the person call this a market failure, I mean, my jaw just hit the floor because that's impossible. Um you know, the market decides for itself. The market is working wonderfully, you know, but just because it's not working the way you want it to doesn't make it a failure. Content is king. And it there, is. It there's is. no substitute for good content. I know. And, and believe me, that's kind of the sad part. On, on one hand, it's good, you know, that the, 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 the Internet's out there, you know, there's a lot of room for content, and that's great. But honestly, a lot of it's crap. Uh, so I mean, there's really no argument for saying that we have no we have no fair playing field. It's not going to get any fairer than that. Uh, so it's it's just it's whining and it's it's sad, really. Well, Congress's poor performance hurt the Democrats in the 2008 presidential race. Uh, that's a good question because once you get down around the 14 percent mark, it's hard to hurt yourself anymore. Uh, I would like, uh, well, you know, it sounds partisan. I hope so. Because uh, it's sad. I think, you know, the congressional turn when we all moved to, when the con- when uh, the Democrats took over Congress, it wasn't based on any sort of fact. It was based on apathy and ignorance. Uh, because people are out there, they're like, well, I'll just teach these congressmen a lesson. You know, I'll vote Democrat. It's, look. All right, a lot of these guys are wealthy, and I will admit it's because they earned it. Okay, you don't make they don't have to work a lot, which is sad. But you don't really, in the grand scheme of things, make a lot of money uh, on your congressional salary. All the money comes from special interest. But aside from that, you don't make a lot of money working just for Congress. So you're not going to teach these guys a lesson because they're in a different strata than you are. I mean, they'll just get another job. People don't understand that uh, the people in Congress, both houses of Congress, are up there to work for you. And the vote that you make will affect you more than, uh, I mean, they're Americans, but it will affect you as a whole more than it will them. So for someone to go out there and go, I'm going to teach Congress a lesson and vote Democrat, you're not teaching them a thing. The the person that that's going to affect is you. Uh, And hopefully, you know, when 2008 rolls around, and I'm not saying that the Republicans are a lot better, because right now, believe me, they're not. And I'm a card-carrying member. but they're they're not a lot better, and but at the same at the same time, Democrats have only passed something like eighteen bills or something along that line, and the, the majority of them have been to name roads and buildings. Um, they're not conducting the business of the people. It's pork barrel. Uh, and now they're talking about impeachment again, and that again is not the business of the people. No, and 
there's no need of putting everybody through impeachment when the candidates are already out there. And you know what? We're going to have a new guy anyways. I mean, uh, President Bush is a lame duck president. and He's a lame duck sooner than he should have been, and it's his own fault. Uh, and it, it, it amazes me, you know. Congress has a 14% approval rating, and I understand why. And, but there are some people who are out there who are like, impeach Bush and impeach Cheney, and, you know, their ratings are higher than Congress. And here's the thing. If you impeach Bush and Cheney, who's president of the United States? It's Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. doesn't but, work. But that also almost shows you the, I, want, I don't want to say ignorance, but the the disconnect between how things are and how people feel. Because if somebody's that angry, um, why not just let it go? Why do we have to then not only take our anger out uh, publicly, but then also just say, well, let's throw the country into a tailspin with impeachment? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean there, are, there are a lot of people, they, don't, they simply don't understand the system. I mean, there, there are people that will argue with me that President uh, Clinton was not impeached because he stayed in office. I'm like, no, he was impeached. The impeachment is the trial. He just wasn't, you know, removed from office. They don't, under, they don't understand the difference. And I also, I've had someone argue with me, Congress needs to get President Bush to use his veto pen more. And I'm like, wow, that's backward. Because, uh, I mean, that's where the bills come from. Uh, you would like to think, and I know they do this sometimes, but Congress isn't going to intentionally write a bill that they're going to send up to the president, president to have him veto. They don't do that. No, there's too much time and, and too much energy involved in it. Why, why would you send something that's going to just be a loser just to have it fail miserably at the pen of the president? Yeah, that, again, you know, that's people, they don't understand how the process works, and then they get it backward. And again, that stems back to the original question you asked me about, you know, the Democrats and the congressional turnaround. It's people not understanding the way things work. And that's what needs to be rectified. It's, you, were, you were afraid to use the word ignorance, but using the word ignorance is okay because there's a difference between stupidity and ignorance. And I hope, you know, that the, uh, it's sad to say, but you're going to hope for the lesser of two evils, that the American public is more ignorant than it is stupid. And ignorance can be rectified. Stupidity, not always so much. Uh, if we can rectify the ignorance and people understand how the system works, which they should be able to if they took civics in school, uh, we'd, we'd be a lot better off. And, but that's a whole other discussion, you know, the education system. Hey, time to get your thoughts on 10 candidates. And just, oh. just let me know what you think about these 10 candidates and uh, kind of give them a, a thumbs-up or thumbs-down rating, if you would. First candidate is Hillary Clinton. Depends on who you, on who you ask. I mean... Hillary uh, is a machine. Uh, she's got a ton of money behind her. Uh, but she, she's a machine as in a Japanese robot type of machine? Um, no, that would be Al Gore. Uh, she, she's, she's almost like part of a mob machine. Uh, Clinton, Inc., as, as, Rush Lim, as Rush Limbaugh likes to call it. Uh, she's very powerful just because of her, her name. Uh, truth be told, if it wasn't for her husband, she'd be nowhere. Uh, uh, because she's not a very likable person. I mean, honestly, has she ever struck you as a nice person? That's one of those things that both Hillary Clinton and Al Gore seem to have in common, which is you hear about all these stories on how they berated people on their staffs when they were in the White House the first time. 
Yeah, and I, I mean Hillary, you know, again she has a, a lot of money, but it's only because of, only because of her husband. And seriously, if you were to go back over her congressional record, and even I, you know, as big a geek as I am, don't have the time to do a whole lot of that. But can, can anyone name any single one thing that she's done that's been, you know, outstanding? Uh, she's she's just she's powered on her own uh, on her own name, and she makes her husband look like a moderate. She wants to institute a nanny state. She wants uh, universal health care. She wants, like, universal nannies, uh, you know, uh, universal daycare, all kinds of things. Um, and she, she just, she's not – I don't think she has the interest of the American people at heart. She's going to – she would collapse the economy because you know she's going to raise taxes just to, just to uh, compensate for all her social programs. So thumbs up or thumbs down on Hillary? Oh, gee, what do you think? Big fat thumbs down. Uh, and everybody thinks she's she's going to win the nomination of her party, but she she's not even going to come close to winning the presidency because she just uh, her her unfavorable poll. It's like fifty two percent of people said they wouldn't vote for her. That's bad. So she's just kind of she's going to win the nomination. But that's as far as it's going to go. Next candidate, John McCain. John McCain, that poor that poor guy. Is um, is his campaign right now DOA? Oh yeah, he's done. He, actually, he was done before he even started. I mean, the media will like to tell you that he's that he's been the Republican front runner. He never has been. The media only likes him because they call him a maverick. He likes to buck his party. Uh, John McCain is a Republican in name only. I agree with John McCain on certain things like the war. He understands it. He understands what we have to do, and I, I'm with him on that. But he he totally blew it on immigration. He supported the Bush immigration bill, and he he's all about social programs, and 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 that that doesn't fly. That doesn't fly with a conservative base. And it's sad because I really do think you know John McCain is a good man, but he's kind of he's become obsessed with becoming the president. It's kind of it's all he's about. He actually I believe he thinks he is the president. And it's almost like he's not going to rest until he is. And this is his last shot, right? It's his, it's his last shot. He's like 70 years old. A part of the problem is, too, is he's got a, he's got a temper problem. He's sort of got the, the Hillary Clinton temper problem. And, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't wash really well with people. And unlike in 2000, now you can tell John McCain is showing his age. Uh, he stammers somewhat, uh, coughs a lot. Uh, and I mean, God bless the guy. I, I admire him, and I admire his service to the country. You know what, and what he's given to America. But he just, he just doesn't have it. You know, he's only the front runner because the media says he is, and he never has been, and he's not going to be president either. And uh, so you're saying thumbs down at this point. Thumbs down, thumbs down for him too, because he, he, he's just not it. John Edwards. Um, yeah, you mentioned him briefly when you talked to Mark, and Mark said to talk to me about John Edwards, so I feel like you're kind of throwing me a softball. Uh, John Edwards is a, I'll be honest with you, he's a horrible human being. And why would you say that? I mean, that that's pretty strong, a horrible human he, being. He's absolutely a horrible human being. Not just, a, not just a bad politician or somebody you don't like, but you're saying he's a horrible human being. He is. Uh, well, uh, one of the mo- one of the most uh, disgusting things I had ever heard this man say. I didn't mention this earlier, and possibly you gleaned on it from listening to my show. I am disabled. 
I have cerebral palsy. I cannot walk without assistance of a walker or another human being. And I remember listening to a stump speech in 2004 where he said, he was talking about uh, stem cell research, and he said, uh, because of, of John Kerry's support of stem cell research, if John Kerry was president, Christopher Reeves would walk again. I, w- I rem- remember him saying that as plain as day. And I know for a fact that that is a complete and utter falsehood because there there have been no uh, no significant pro- progress in the sense of embryonic stem cell research that would in- indicate that. More than that, it's playing on people's hopes and, hopes and fears, saying, well, if you elect me, so-and-so is going to walk. That's pious, and that's disgusting. But isn't that also what the Democrats have done in this last congressional election, which is they overpromise and underdeliver? Yeah, but I, I think all politicians, I'll even be fair and say all politicians do that. But, I mean, to go out and say so-and-so is going to walk because a certain person is president, that, I mean, that's glad-handing and that's ridiculous. And he also talks about two Americans, or two Americans like he's all into poverty. Well, and, I mean, it's completely his right, but, you know, I don't think any man with a 28,000-square-foot house who had clear-cut acres and acres of trees to build it should say that. And he, no man who goes out and has a $1,200 haircut should, uh, should have anything to say about the poor. His, his wife uh, uh, said her neighbor, who, who is a, a, a Giuliani supporter, she's frightened of her neighbor. Uh, they're awful people, and uh, again, uh, again back to the again back to the haircut thing. When uh, when that came out, uh, John Edwards, who spent twelve hundred bucks on a haircut, he threw the hairdresser under, under the bus. He's like, I don't know that guy. My staff t- t- takes care of my appointments. And I mean, I mean, this is a guy who would fly out and, and miss days of work to spend a couple days with John Edwards and cut his hair. So you're saying two thumbs down. Uh, absolutely. I, if I had more thumbs, I'd, I'd, I'd give him 12 thumbs down. That's how much I, I despise this man. He's a pig. How about Rudy Giuliani? <sighs> Rudy Giuliani, he's, he's interesting. He, he, uh, he gets a lot of stuff right, but his big problem is uh, he's, he gets some of the social issues wrong. The, uh, the, the abortion thing, while... It, it, it's a big thing, with, uh, especially with the Republican base and the conservative base. Uh, you can't support women's right to choose and, and you know, still expect to get elected. If we weren't in the, in the current uh, foreign policy state that we're in, he'd have no chance. The, what keeps Rudy going is his stance on the war, which I'm really big on, and his stance on security. I think, you know, if we had to have FEMA, which is a wreck, if I was going to put some money in charge of seeing that, it would be Rudy Giuliani. Because, I mean, look how he handled 9-11. It's just amazing. And, and, and he understands the threat. But also, he's not a big Second Amendment guy. He's not, real, he's not real big on guns. And the fact of the matter is, guns don't kill people. People kill people. I remember I listened to an interview Bernard Carrick gave. He was the former police commissioner, I believe, of New York. you remember that name? Oh, yeah. He did, he did, he did an interview, and he said, well, Rudy Giuliani is a good guy. He's going to make sure guns are only in the hands of the right people. And I'm like, whoa, who are the right people? And at, at, at no point. And, the, and how the, could uh, you ever the, guarantee that? Yeah, it never guaranteed, you know, the guns will only be in the hands of, of the right people. Well, who are the right people? That's what I want to know. Uh, the, the abortion thing and the gun control thing are, are, are uh, 
uh, a big deal. But you know, he still may win the nomination just because of his his uh, his security stance. And we're kind of a one issue nation on that right now. It all hinges on that because if we're all dead, none of the secondary issues like gun control and abortion, and they become secondary issues become because of security are going to matter. So he's really got that going for him. And he's first. So are you saying uh, a thumbs up for Rudy then? I, I guess, you know, if, if I had to make a choice... Or, I, or are you neutral on Rudy? I'm kind of neutral on Rudy, and I'll take Rudy if I have to. Let's put it that way. So, you, But you take uh, Rudy over Hillary? Oh, please. Are, are you kidding me? Uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Hillary because, uh, you know, she was given to this by two unfortunate incidents. One was Ross Perot, because Bill Clinton never would have won if it wasn't for Ross Perot. And Rudy Giuliani would have beaten in the congressional race if he wouldn't have had cancer. Let me ask you another quick question oh, yeah. uh, regarding that, and that is, in comparing Hillary Clinton against any other candidate on the Republican side, is there a Republican that she could beat? Um, or is it just going to be mean, such an anti-Hillary that, that no matter who the Republican serves up, they beat Hillary? Uh, no, it's it, it's definitely it's definitely not a case of if what you're asking me is it doesn't matter who the Republicans serve up if they could beat Hillary. No, because I'm sure you're gonna I don't know which candidates you're gonna ask me about, but there's a lot of them out there that nobody knows who they are, and even I'm not really sure who they are because they don't get the face time that Hillary Clinton gets. Everybody knows who Hillary Clinton is, uh, and that's that's enough to carry her through. The whole idea for the Republicans is to find a strong enough candidate that can beat her. It's not that she can't beat any of them, because there's probably five or six of them she can beat just on her face alone. And that because of, as we spoke of before, the disconnected public. So can she win? Yes. Um, but for, in order for her to win, the, the, the Republicans are going to have to put up somehow put up a candidate that nobody understands like or nobody knows about, like Tommy Thompson. I know his name. That's it. I know his name, and I know his face looks like a, ca- a catcher's mitt. And that's all I know. Um, and, and there are two candidates named Thompson, so do you want yeah. Brand A or Brand B? Brand A being Fred? Yeah. I, I love Fred Thompson. Fred Thompson could easily save the conservative movement. Uh, he he is as close to Reagan as we've seen in the last 20 years. He catches a lot of flack because they say, you know, a lot of the press is like, well, he's not an energetic speaker. No, he's not. He speaks softly, carries a big stick. But see, the thing with Fred, that, that and I'll play devil's advocate here, is that while I like Fred, is that he hasn't done anything stupid yet. And so I don't know how he will handle the the stupid things when somebody on his staff or his campaign or even himself, does it later on? Well, that's a good question. You know, he seems like a pretty classy guy, and, you know, that's, that's an if question, and it's hard to say, you know, because I've heard often that if it's for children, I don't know. Uh, I get the feeling that he could talk his way out of anything because he seems like to be a pretty personable guy, uh, a very likable person, and that goes a long way. So, uh, so Fred, you'd give Fred two thumbs up? Big two thumbs up for Fred. Uh, if I was Rudy Giuliani, I would be totally scared. Uh, because even though Fred hasn't announced yet in a lot of polls, he's tied with Giuliani. And when Fred finally comes out, it's going to get really interesting. Unless Fred does something really stupid. 
Yeah, which I, I can't imagine him doing. And that's, but but see, you can't say that either because while you can't imagine it, it's almost like I hope it doesn't happen. But yeah, that, that's always the I, possibility. I it's a possibility, um, and I admit I show for the guy a little bit. Probably not as bad as uh, some other people have, but I do. Uh, uh, but Fred still, you know, as far as the national media goes, he's all over the internet, but he kind of keeps a low profile. You don't see him on TV a lot, other than his acting gigs, and that's what's going to help him too. Uh, he, and I he think, has a lot of face recognition. People know who he is. Yeah, and I think that uh, the strategy of just kind of being out there and not saying anything kind of keeps him from saying stupid stuff. And yeah. uh, less is more in this case. It is. Uh, I kind of like what he's doing because he's sort of letting everybody else punch themselves out. You know, this this election cycle started way too early. It started way too early. And he's just kind of sitting back and he's watching. And you know, the American people, American people are going to get lulled to sleep a little bit on it, and pretty soon he's going to pop out, and it's going to be like, "Whoa, look at this guy!" Let's talk about somebody from your state, Barack Obama. Oh my God! Oh my God! This is hilarious, Barack Obama, and I'm I'm sure I'll catch some black about this one. He would not be where he was if he was not black. Period. I'm not I'm not saying that he wouldn't get elected. He wouldn't have been elected in Illinois because remember I'm in Illinois and. I, as I've often said, I vote. Me voting Republican is merely like voting just for spite. Okay, he's part of the Democratic machine, and it was easy for him to to get elected uh, in Illinois. Um, the reason why he gets so much play is because uh, it's kind of like Joe Biden said. While it didn't come out right, he was absolutely right. Uh, Barack Obama is articulate, and uh, you know he used the word clean. I might not have said that, but Barack is articulate. And he's the first black candidate who's ever that I can remember that's been really articulate. He's not Jesse Jackson. He's not Al Sharpton. But well, you would say that those are both articulate. They might not be very popular, but they're articulate. Uh, well, well, Jesse speaks a lot of rhymes, and Al, Al, Al's kind of articulate. He's not nearly as articulate as Obama. Obama, Obama's like a, a chameleon. He changes his color. He can his his father was his father was black. His mother was white. He even he even answered the question. Somebody asked him about race, and he said, "Well, I didn't even really know what color I was. I kind of uh, just took it from what my reaction I got from other people." And it's like I don't know about that. I mean, that's kind of being dishonest. Okay, so he had mixed race parents. But I'm honest enough to say, if I looked in the mirror and I saw my skin tone like that, I would say I was black. You know, uh, that's fairly, it's fairly dishonest. And recently when he went down to Selma, Alabama, uh, within the last few months, he adopted, and Hillary did the same thing, he adopted a southern accent, um, you know, when you talk to the people in, in the church. And that's phony. Um, the only reason he is where he is is because he's black. He, he's so how does he play in Peoria, Illinois, to, to coin a phrase? I, you know, I have to be fair. I haven't been out in public much lately because I've been injured. And seriously, uh, it's hard for me to go out in, in public and discuss politics. I can't discuss anything. Because I could discuss a movie and someone will green from me, you're, you're a Republican, and they'll take my face completely off. Just, just because I'm a, I'm a conservative, I, I imagine he plays. I, I imagine he plays pretty well in Peoria, because when he was elected 
you know, to to the Senate. He was elected with an overwhelming majority. Uh, me even, you know, going to vote against him was merely a waste of time. Uh, I, I imagine, I imagine he he plays fairly well because almost everybody I talk to, you know, they, they find out I'm a Republican and they kill me, or at least they attempt to. But he's he really is a standard run of the mill liberal. He he wants universal health care. Uh, he's against Iraq. Wants out now. All, all kind all kinds of things. And the sad part of it is is. He's shown me that he's easily swayed because he swore up and down that he would finish his, his Senate term before he even considered running for the presidency. And here he is two years in, he had enough people push him, and now he's running for president as if he's qualified. And he's not. Uh, so it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a power grab than it is anything else. And he's, he's so not the man for the job, it's ridiculous. If he was, seriously, if he was a white, he's endorsed by Oprah. If he was a white man, and you just based him on, on issues alone, he wouldn't be where he is today. It's merely because he's black and he speaks well, and that's it. So you're saying Peoria would say two thumbs up, but Art Lindsay says two thumbs down. Pretty much, pretty much. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm, if this state was any bluer, I mean, it would be black. Seriously, that's how blue it is. Uh, as I said, voting Republican here is just for spite. How about Mitt Romney? Mitt, I feel bad for Mitt because Mitt is uh, Mitt's conservative. He does have a bit of the abortion problem because he flipped on it. But people are spending way too much, way too much time on his religion. He's Mormon. He's Mormon. I don't know a lot about the Mormon religion. I looked it up. There's God in there, and there's Jesus in there, and that's good enough for me. Okay. Uh, that that's good enough for me. Um, and, and I feel the same way too, because if you were to break down any religion and try to explain it to somebody, there's something somewhere that you would say, eh, that's, that doesn't quite make logical sense, but that's what faith is all about. It's, it's faith. So it, it doesn't make that much difference to me if he's Mormon or not. And, uh, so far in Iowa he's doing okay. He does. He does all right. And you watch the debates on CNN. Mitt was given the more more of the opportunity opportunity to speak than anyone else. I think it's because Mitt is indeed, you know, regardless of his personal faith, without question, he is a man of God, and uh, that bothers bothers a lot of the media and uh, especially CNN. So they give him as much chance uh, to talk as they can because they want Mitt to bury himself. And it's sad that no one wants to really debate. Mitt or talk to Mitt on the issue. They just want to talk to Mitt because he's a Mormon. And so he can flip up and slit his own throat. Um, so you're saying two thumbs up or two thumbs down, or are you neutral on Mitt? I, I am neutral on Mitt like I am on Giuliani because they're sort of interchangeable. Where, where uh, Giuliani has it over Mitt is face recognition. Everybody knows who, who uh, Giuliani is, but not everybody really knows who Romney is. So... They're kind of interchangeable in that sense. How about a candidate that no one seems to know all that much about, Bill Richardson? Uh, yeah, and even I cheated. I did some. Uh, I I did my research on Bill Richardson before the interview. Ah, uh, see, even you didn't know who Bill Richardson was. Yeah, that's why he's irrelevant. It, I mean, I know who he is, but you know, I'm not really sure where he is on the issues because I try to watch the Democrat debates. I watch half of them, and my nose starts to bleed. Starts to bleed because it's. It's eight people uh, beating the same drum. He's, he's, he's the same as the rest of them. You know, get out of Iraq now. 
He wants, you know, no res- no residual forces left. Um, he says that uh, we need to focus on the real issues here at home. Uh, kind of like, you know, this whole terrorism thing isn't an issue of some type. Uh, and that's kind of frightening. Uh, and it's sad because uh, you've heard Mark and I talk about it. His wife will vote for Bill Richardson just because he's a Mexican and she is of Mexican descent, and so is so is she. That's kind of scary. My my uh, thought on Bill Richardson is that he's running for Secretary of State. Yeah, you know, you may be right. And and I, I, I look at the guy, and it sounds childish, but every time I see him, I have the urge to call him Spanky. <laughs> Doesn't he look like somebody who calls Spanky? It's kind of like he called up Hillary and Obama and said, hey, guys, can I play too? And they said, oh, okay, Bill, you can come, but just sit there and be quiet. You know, it, it, it's almost like he was bored, so he said, I'm going to run for president. It, it's not even going to be close. So, you know, thumbs down on him, too. He's wasting everybody's time. How about Michael Bloomberg? Oh, another horrible human being. He's such a political opportunist, it isn't even funny. Uh, Michael Bloomberg is a lifelong liberal Democrat. And then he decided, oh, I want to run for mayor of New York. I want to run for mayor of New York. So, but look at the Democratic field. It's, it's too crowded. There's no way I can win. So I'll become a Republican. So he does that. Rides on the coattails on the security, quote-unquote, coattails of Rudy Giuliani, wins big. Uh, and now, and now, now, since he has, he's instituted several programs. Like if you go to school and you, uh, and you take care of yourself, you know, go visit the doctor. I will pay you money for going to school and visiting a doctor. He has banned trans fats. He's almost completely banned guns in New York to the point of oblivion. Something like 200 people in New York are allowed to carry guns, and he carries two of them. Why does the mayor of New York need to carry guns? The mayor, he can. I have no problem with that. But it seems to me like if the mayor of New York ever has to draw his gun, uh, let alone two of them, there's a problem. You should never be able to get to the man. Um... He, he's a liberal, and he's, he, he went independent now because he, because he saw all these people going, oh, we're disaffected with both parties. So he's like, I'll call myself independent now and try to weasel my way in. He could be, a, because of the disconnected public, he could be a spoiler on either end. He could be a spoiler on the, on the Republican end, because people will, will remember him as a, as a uh, you know, oh, wait, wasn't he a Republican? Or he could be a, or he could be a spoiler on the on the Democratic end, because they'd be like, well, he sounds like somebody I would like. A Democrat would say, and he's nicer than Hillary is. But I think out here in the Midwest, nobody really likes him that much. No, that's true. That's true. But uh, but I mean, he he could he could espouse his, his liberal views, and, and 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 still get some pull. But the fact of the matter is, he's a he's a chameleon. He's an eel. He does what suits him. Um, so you're saying two thumbs down. Oh, big time, yeah. Final candidate, Al Gore. Two thumbs up? Oh, please. <laughs> would, would, would someone change his batteries? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, he was considering running. I heard the rumor that, you know, he cleared his schedule for the next six to eight months. Uh, well, yeah, but he wants to sit on the beach drinking boat drinks. Drinking or or boat bailing drinks. the kid out of jail. Uh, well, uh, getting his son out of jail. You know what? I'm not going to pick on his son. Because if Al Gore was my dad, I'd be high, too, all the time. And how uncool is it to be that rich and then be forced to drive a Prius? I didn't know a Prius could do 100 miles an hour on a flat ground. I mean, I'm amazed. Well, he's a test driver. 
uh, I, I really am. But, I mean, you know, Al, any, any momentum he may have had, which would have been small to begin with, he's sort of, he's put all his eggs in the basket of global warming, which is a complete farce. A uh, complete and total farce. And, and this whole live Earth thing just proved it. It bombed miserably. I mean, the, the television readings were abysmal. I didn't watch it. Uh, none of the venues, to my knowledge, sold out. Some of the uh, some of the events, I mean, people didn't go because they said it was, guess what, too cold. A global warming event that's too cold. It's too cold. And, and, and I mean, the, uh, the carbon emissions far exceeded that of many countries for one day. I, I mean, so it, if that's your argument, you just did something that was amazingly counterproductive. You know, I, I could go off on the whole spiel about global warming and what a load of crap I think it is. I mean, you know, if we really wanted clean power, we, we could be honest. We could Windmills are great, but we're too afraid about killing birds, which I think is silly. And, uh, and nuclear power is also great, but nobody wants it in their backyard. So... Uh, but again, you know, I, I, I'm, of, I'm of the belief that I am not big enough to damage this planet in that sense. There is something greater than me. I mean, volcanic eruptions have unleashed more crap into the atmosphere than we ever could. Uh, I am just a speck in the universe, and I cannot, you know, overheat this planet. Not only that, I mean, the entire solar system has gotten warmer. I mean, Mars is warmer. Uh, glaciers are melting on Mars, they say. Uh, that why are there SUVs on Mars? Yeah, it's it's like uh, everybody forgets that maybe the sun warms the Earth. Yeah, it's like global warming. Gee, possibly that could be because of the sun. And we're talking about what 0. 0.6 degrees Celsius in the last hundred years, and we've only got a hundred years of data to go off anyway. And twenty years ago, twenty thirty years ago, Time magazine said we were heading for another ice age. They don't know what they, they're doing. They're just making this up. Yeah, this, I, uh, I, I agree with that. Redistribution of wealth is what this is. All right, it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I read your biography some time ago, and you said you started out as a – I know you're – you're still somewhat in the radio business. You said you started out as a, as a broadcaster. Why did you stop? I just wanted to start my own business. Uh, I, I was, uh, um, I'd say, upper management for um, well, a good number of years, but the goal was always to run my own business. And so I kind of was looking in the mirror probably the last couple of years of uh, the days I was in broadcasting and just said, is this as much fun as, as it was when you first started? And I kept having that reflection come back and say, no, and it's like, you know, the dream was always to get out and run your own radio station, but the radio stations were just being bought up, and there weren't any really good properties that I could see. So it was like, well, why don't you just go start your own business anyways? I, I think you'll be a, a lot happier that way. So that's kind of how it came about. And uh, by the time the show comes out, I'll be on my own for five years now and have right. not regretted it for one moment. I've thanked myself profusely for taking the courage to leave what was comfortable, which was the radio business for 20-some years, and just right. going out and being my own entrepreneur. So so essentially, was it more or less, was it the money, Bill? Because we know and understand. Because I did terrestrial for six months. 
No, it, it wasn't a a money thing for me. It was, um, have you done everything you needed to do? Have, have you rode this horse as far as it will go? And to be honest, at that time, because corporate radio was really turning into a big corporate mess, um, all the fun was gone. The creativity was gone. And it was just, okay, let's just run it by the numbers. And that's not the way it was when I started. 20 years ago. And it was just time to say, I think I can not only make it on my own, but I think I can have a lot more fun on my own, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I've never, I've never really heard much about Fort Dodge, Iowa. What's it like? What's Fort Dodge, Iowa like? Fort Dodge, Iowa is just a big, small town. It's, if you were to look at a town in Illinois, that's got a pe- population of about three to 4,000. Fort Dodge, Iowa, is the twenty-five thousand population version of that. We've got okay about one of everything, um, lots of parks, and but uh, not a lot of culture that isn't what I would call community-based. But it's just a, a small town in the middle of Iowa. Kind of like Super, Super, uh, Superman, Smallville, uh, Kansas, more or less. A, a larger version of that. That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, uh, and uh, what about, uh, you know, basically there's three different kinds of uh, radio right now. We have the uh, terrestrial radio, satellite radio, and there's internet radio and, and uh, podcasting. What do you think is uh, the foreseeable future for all three? Well, I think that the whole world is going to audio and video on demand. So I think that the potential for growth there is obviously in the in podcasting and but it's so scattered there's so many niches out there there probably won't be one podcast that is a dominant one there will be lots of small niches out there a terrestrial radio their audience will continue to erode along with their time spent listening just because people are time poor and people will look toward that audio on demand and satellite radio is just going to be, just always going to be the minor leagues. I mean, it's paid for in its subscription, but I don't ever see them making a big dent in the market. I think podcasting will be number two. I, I think still think terrestrial radio will, will be number one just because of ease of use and accessibility. And that will continue to be that way until we as a society become a wireless internet society. Once that happens, yeah. then, then all bets are off. And I also think that the iPhone brought us a big step forward toward that goal of yeah. with the iPhone, we're one step closer to a completely wireless internet society. What, what's your uh, thoughts? Uh, what, are, what are my thoughts on that? Uh, I think uh, terrestrial radio is on a downswing uh, as far as, as music goes. Uh, music radio is dead uh, because of, because of the iPod and, and whatnot, and the fact that uh, you know you can turn to five or six different stations and hear the same song. Uh, uh, the corporate control on the music side is it's just you know it's kind of killed it. Oh, and, and I agree with that. Uh, for example, I told somebody the other day, I don't need to hear the police every breath you take another time. I've already heard it in my lifetime, probably. 100,000 times, I don't need to hear it one more time. 
or or more succinctly for you know today like Britney Spears you know or whoever uh, right. you know there's just, there's just too much of it satellite radio and uh, I've seen uh, you know Adam Curry has tried to get so get some podcasts on satellite radio and I I wouldn't mind you know finding a way to uh, uh, you know get our show on satellite radio even in its podcast form if we could get the if we could get the the quality of it up which we're working on I hope. Um, but yeah, I like satellite radio. I, I will listen to some things on it because a lot of my friends have it. I would sooner listen to that uh, than I than I do terrestrial radio. If I'm, if I'm going for music and stuff like that, I, I think um, when if they finally do merge, if it, if XM and Sirius do merge, it, it's going to make a slight difference, but not a very big one. And as far as internet and podcasting goes, I would agree with you. Uh, Internet radio as a live medium is on the downturn because, again, because of the iPod. But I think if we're able to uh, proliferate, you know, with uh, and become a completely wireless society, it's going to come back because you can't get internet radio in your in your car. Uh, but if, if we get to the point where you can do that, or you can pull out a little device and just pick it up anywhere, I think it'll pick up again. So. Yeah, I, I just wanted your thoughts on that as well. But I, I, I really think I really think the dead the dead animal in the room uh, is the terrestrial radio. Talk radio is the only thing keeping keeping it alive. Uh, you know, so that's kind of how I feel about that. I don't think it's dead. I just think that it's sick, and it's going to always be around for a while. It still has uh, an audience of two hundred million people, and it, it will erode. But I. I, I, you know, I don't see it, it being as dead. I just think of, of it being eroding, and it's going to continue to erode, just like newspapers. Newspapers, for yeah. example, have been eroding, but they're never going to go away, and they're still pretty powerful, but uh, they're not the big monopoly that they used to be. And because of that, and because of the Internet and podcasters and blogging and the like, they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, the uh, the internet has almost rendered newspapers obsolete because you know I'll go out with a buddy of mine, we'll go out to breakfast, and he'll buy a paper, and he'll go, he'll read through it, and he's like, "Why did I buy this?" He's like, "I already know this stuff already. I've already seen it." Uh, newspapers are almost obsolete. But on, an, on another note, if I may, I would like to say thank you to you because I, I've met a lot of people who who work in terrestrial radio because I did for a short time, and I know a lot of people, and they treat me now like garbage. Really? Uh, and why? They see me as an invader. Uh, uh, I have a friend who who works for, he hosts the morning show on one of the local AMs here. And he's like, well, you didn't pay your dues. And uh, I'm like, look, man, yeah, I did. You know, it's just, I don't know, it, they, they kind of look down on me because I'm on the Internet. And, you know, being on the Internet and being successful is even harder. I really paid my dues. You know, I don't have the, the, how many thousand watt blowtorch uh, to to put my uh, to put my voice out there. You know, where you just turn on the switch and there it is. You have to find me. You have to find me. And there were days like, especially back in the early days when I was working with, with Rant Radio, there'd be more people broadcasting than than there is uh, listening. You know, and now I've been lucky enough to say I've been interviewed by magazines. I wrote a treatment, which never got picked up for MTV quite some time ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've paid my dues. And I've noticed that about people in terrestrial radio. They, they're, identified, uh, they're identified by their job. You know, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for their job, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. But the thing that you have over them is that 
in most cases, the local media doesn't pay any attention to you. But with internet radio, you've got the internet community that will give you the nod if you're doing a good job. So that's the one thing that they don't get that, that I understand on the flip side is that with the internet and with internet type of medias, you have the ability and probably have the exposure larger than any small to medium market terrestrial radio station would ever have. Right. And see, that's what amazes me, because I have noticed one thing about everyone who's in, in media or radio, whatever it may be. For the most part, everybody got into it because it was fun and, and they liked it. And if you look at the pay scales for most people who are radio hosts or DJs, it's not because of the, of the money. And it amazes me when I get made fun of, it's because I'm doing it because I like it. And that's why you got into it, too. So why are you making fun of me? Yeah, well, just seems pretty petty to me. So let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and give you some extra exposure. Here, here's your chance to tell about not only the podcast that you do with Mark, but also about your blog. So tell people how they can find you on the Internet. Well, you can find me personally at artlindsey.com. That's A-R-T-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y.com. I do a lot of political commentary leans to the right. And occasionally I'll throw up some funny videos and stuff like that, like everybody else does. I will admit I haven't written a lot lately because I broke my back and it's hard for me to sit up. Uh, but I, I do enjoy uh, doing the political commentary type thing, and I end up starting a lot of fights. And, you know, that's kind of how I get my attention. I'm a bit of a bomb thrower. I admit that. And uh, the podcast is on It's on the Talk Shoot Network. Uh, it's called Riz Words. Uh, daily politics and tech. Don't ask me what the reason's about. Mark told me what that's about, and I don't remember. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Uh, but but we're doing pretty well. We're the number we're the number one show on Talk Show, despite what they may say. Uh, uh, and we enjoy it. Um, we're on we're on live. You can in- interact with us. We're on at uh, at one thirty uh, Central Time, Monday through Friday, and we talk about a mix of uh, politics, mostly right leaning politics. And technology, which basically for the last three months has been stuff like the iPhone. My God, I'm tired of it. Uh, but, but that's where you find us, and uh, that's what we do. Uh, we're sorry about the sound quality. We're working on that. Hopefully that'll be fixed in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, looking for, uh, we're looking for a bigger audience, and we're looking for more advertising revenue. So uh, just look up the show, and if you're interested in us, we would certainly like to hear from you. And it's on my iPod because I'm a big fan of the show as well. So I think both you and Mark do a wonderful job. Art, thank you so much for being our guest this week on You Are the Guest. Thank you for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. If you'd like to drop me a comment about this week's show, just email me at billgrady at youaretheguest.com. That takes care of this week's show from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.